Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, welcome back in. It's time to talk some Penn State football. We'll get to our discussion. I'm going to hit you up, on, first of all, on the new 24 and 25 schedule in the Big Ten. But before we get there, I know there's an event coming up near and dear to your heart, and it should yep. be also for Penn State fans, and that's the annual Lift for Life. That's coming up next week, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the annual Penn State Uplifting Athletes Chapter Lift for Life. And, Jimmy, it's the 20th anniversary of Lift wow. for Life. So I've been working with uplifting athletes for about a decade. Um, and so I've been around for like half of these. So it's the 20th anniversary. It is the charter chapter of uplifting athletes. It was the one that got all of this movement started to use the power of sport to impact those affected by rare diseases. It's, it is the most important component of like, you know, the history of uplifting athletes. The Penn State chapter is it. It started and began with Penn State, and everything that is now all these years later is because of what happened at Penn State. So the 20th anniversary edition of Live for Life is next Thursday. It'll be at the Lash Football Building. It's open to the public. It starts at 4-ish. The doors are open at 3.30. Um some of the activities will include a skills competition, a fitness challenge. Um, there'll be opportunities for fans in the community to be involved. And they are doing some fundraising. Uh, offense and defense are competing against each other based on some of the challenges the football players have put together. You'll be able to see them, interact with them. The 2024 team will be without helmets and shoulder pads and in short T-shirts, generally with the shoulder with the sleeves cut off because it's hot and they will be, it's a great day for if you want to go out and meet some of the players and see them up close and personal. And if you want to support their fundraising efforts, go to pledge it.org backslash PSU FB lift 23. You can find it all over social media or go to upliftingathletes.org. You can find it there and help Penn state continue its 20 year tradition and their mission of empowering college athletes to make a difference in the lives of those affected by rare diseases because Penn State has done it for now what will be 20 years. Andy, I'm just going to add to this. It is a great time. I've been to a few of them. Always a lot of fun. It's also great for the kids. If your kids are big Penn State fans, it's a chance to get up close with the players. It's fantastic. It's next Thursday, June 22nd, start at 4 o'clock, doors open at 3.30. Andy, I wish I could be there, but as I mentioned to you, I am going to be otherwise occupied on that day. So I I can't make it, but uh, my, my thoughts will be with you. All right, let's move on to Penn State football. Let's start with that 24 and 25 schedule. Dustin and I went over it earlier in the week. Now we've had a little time, Andy, to look at it, study it, kind of get a feel for it. My first question to you is, did the Big Ten get it right? Yeah, so I, I 
I like it. I think so. I, I'm going to generally say yes, because the divisions are gone, right? They're gone. So they got it right. But from a Penn State perspective, you don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan every year. So overall, yeah, I'd say they got it right in that perspective from, from Penn State. The conference protected Ohio State and made sure their schedule would become somehow even softer. So from that perspective, yeah, they got it right. I, I really do think on many fronts. I mean, I still think there are kinks to be worked out in in terms of, you know, sort of how the, you know, the rivalry thing plays out eventually. And, but in a first take, I, I think if you look at it from a Penn state perspective, you look at it from the top of the mountain, which is Ohio state, they protected Ohio state. They helped Penn state, which by, you know, they helped Penn state. And I like the sort of two, Two-team rivalry, the way they sort of spread that out. And everyone might not always think it's fair, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. I did too, Andy, and I didn't expect that. But And such a big deal is being made of Penn State doesn't have any rivals. Iowa has three of them. I don't think it really matters as much as some people make it out to be because what what the rivalry just means is there's going to be a team that you is not going to alternate off your schedule. And if right. you look at the schedule in two year blocks, let's face it, they've only put out twenty five or twenty four and twenty five. Right. So in essence, USC is Penn State's rival because they haven't put out the schedule beyond that. So we don't know if what they put together here is going to last any more than two years. So I think Pat Kraft wins the Oscar for the best athletic director in a supporting role to me because not only did he sort of get rid of the Michigan-Ohio State thing, neither one of them are a rival, per se. And I think that's kind of a good thing for Penn State. But I think the rivalry is the Big Ten's – I think that's going to be a – the biggest flex point moving forward. I think after the first initial run here in 24 and 25, I think they're going to look at that again. Do you, what do you think? I think that's the one thing that could change maybe possibly. I do do too. And let me, I'll make a little bit bigger point to emphasize what you're saying, which is, I think they tried to balance several different items. Obviously they wanted as many good games as possible for TV, but they didn't want to punish the teams at the top by making them all play each other. So like Penn state got, you know, where they now will alternate between Michigan and Ohio state. I think that was more about protecting Michigan and Ohio state from having too many tough games, but the end result is it works out for Penn state. And I think they had a goal with the four elite teams, Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, and USC that they each would play two of the other three every year. Correct. That gives you a lot of TV games, but it doesn't uh, punish those teams by having to play each other, all of them. Now, to your point about it being able to change, I get the feeling they might, after two years, say, you know what, this Penn State-USC thing, it's a pretty good thing. The fans are really into it. And what it will do, it will preserve that these four blue bloods 
get two out of the three games every year. What do you think of that? I think at the top of the at the top of the Big Ten football wise, when it comes to this scheduling and the way they're doing it now, it after this first run after twenty four and twenty five, it's going to be TV driven, Jimmy. It, it it will be centered on television and what the marquee matchups are. If Penn State and USC play humdingers and play freaking great football games, anything resembling that Rose Bowl game, anything in that stratosphere, I'm not even saying it has to be that level game, anything close to that, if they play one or even two of those games that are like that, they're going to want more of that, right? So that's where I think the flexibility comes in. I think at the top, for you're exactly right, for the Ohio State's, Michigan's, Penn State's, and USC. How those games play out the first time, other than Michigan-Ohio State, because that's not going anywhere. How those games kind of play out might determine a little bit, especially on the TV front, how it looks in the next two-year cycle of the schedule. I really think that's going to be part of it. If the USC-Penn State games are duds then, you move you move on for now, right? That's what I think could also happen on the other end of it. And I, so I really think they're going to be TV-driven TV because they have to provide – marquee matchups to television. I, I think you're exactly right. Now, my feeling is that with Lincoln Riley out at USC, where Penn State is headed right now, I think they will continue to be blue bloods over the next couple of years. Agreed. I think you bring USC into Penn, into Happy Valley and it's a whiteout game, This it, it's going to do bonkers ratings-wise. And I think it'll do spectacular. And I think going out to USC, when Penn State travels out there, I think you're going to see a great Penn State showing out there also. The fan bases will make this exciting. And I, if I had to bet, I think you will get two really good games between those teams. Andy, I love the scheduling. The only thing, and this is maybe nitpicking, but the uh, scheduling till now, Penn State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, they've always alternated home and away every year. Come 24 and 25, they're going to have both big games, Ohio State and USC at home in 24, and then Michigan, USC on the road in 25. I, I wish they would have alternated that where there would be a home and away each one of those years. Like yeah. I said, I'm nitpicking, Andy. Yeah, oh, you're really nitpicking because there's like nine factors that play into that, the wrestler schedule, availability of venue, you know, how many home games they have. In a short runway, because this has all been done on a short runway, Jimmy, this this was just one of the things that was going to be for now. I, I don't anticipate it looking like this now that they have more runway to do 26 and 27. Then that means you're not doing your job well. This was just on a short runway. And it happened, but you're really nitpicking. But yeah, it is not ideal. I agree with you. I, I just don't think it's good to either have them both at home or have to play both of them on the road. I agree. But, uh, you know, that's nitpicking, as I said. Everything right. else, Andy, I love. But one last question, and this is sure. because I'm just a dog with a bone here, and I'm not going to let it go, Andy. <laughs> Big Ten. Nine conference games, Southeast Conference, eight. Who got it right? Oh, the the SEC is definitely the one who's going to get – has it right in the initial take. 
I really think they did. I still think the Big Ten got it right, but the SEC not changing, did they? are they missing out? I don't think they're missing out even a little bit. Even with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, they're looking at a different scenario to play out. They want to see what the 12-team playoff looks like and how that impacts the SEC before they consider trying to bring more parity to the league. They don't want more parity in their league right now. They feed their top dogs well, right? And they're going to continue to feed their top dogs as good as they can. And they're going to wait and see. So I don't I don't think they're missing out. I really don't. You know, Andy, maybe I'm just looking at it from a fan's perspective. You are. They're, and aren't we're the, we're the ones who pay the freight here, Andy. I want to have some consideration when they make the schedule. I want them to ask me what to do. And what I'm saying... <laughs> Play nine conference games. All right, that's it for quarter number one. Lots more to go. Stick around for quarter two. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, Local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He is Andy Shea. I'm Jim Galante. Quarter number one, we had some fun with the Big Ten schedule. Now, Andy, let's get a little closer to home. Let's talk about this Penn State team in the 23 season. And I want to look at things a little bit differently. I think we're all excited about this team going into this season. It's a good team, lots of talent. But my question for the segment is this. What are the variables? What are the things that could change this from being a good season to a great season? 
is it quite simply, hey, how does the quarterback Drew Aller do? And he's a five-star kid. Is he going to be a star right away? Are there going to be growing pains? Is that the only real variable, Andy, or are there more? So, you're, and in variables, they can go either way. You only put them as, could this be good to great? Could this be good to, to average or mediocre? It can go both ways, Jimmy. I just want to tell you that I look when I look at variables, I look at them going both directions, right? So if you want to tr- talk about Drew Aller, and, it, and we're going to start with him and the quarterback position, yeah, I get it. Penn State has a new starting quarterback. Hey, it's the third one under James Franklin in a decade. That is his quarterback, right? So it's a new, new, new kind of – it's a fresh start for Penn State's offense because they're going to have a new quarterback for the first time since 2019. He is a talented greenhorn. But guess what? Him and that position being a variable, in going either direction, Jimmy, I'm not concerned about it going into the season. It might even be towards the bottom of my list if you were to give me variables. The list that you gave me of your variables, I like them. And I think the quarterback position is toward the bottom of my list as one that's going to impact it either way. In other words, I'm saying the five-star talented greenhorn will play just like a five-star talented greenhorn you expect him to be. I have no concern about that. And I don't think he's a, a variable. Could he possibly be a variable from good to great? He has to be really great to do that, and that's an unrealistic expectation right now, Jimmy. That's an unrealistic expectation for a first-year quarterback. Could he? Possibly. Yeah, sure. But I'm not going to throw that expectation on him. So I don't think he's a big variable either way. I really don't. Okay, Andy, then what is the biggest variable to determine their success? Uh, um, It's the wide receiver position. It, it, it is the biggest variable to go either way. It, so when I look at the wide receiver position, it's like that fully stocked cupboard in your parents' house when you were growing up that really didn't have anything to eat on it, right? Or that <laughs> shelf, or it was that shelf in the pantry that had everything, but it kind of really has nothing. So to me, that's the Penn State wide receiver room. I think Keandre Lambert-Smith is very likely – to become and play himself into a wide receiver one role, not because he's just the best of the group. I legitimately think he has shown elements that he is a wide receiver one. Beyond that, Jimmy, I swear to gosh, I see the transfers as possibly having the greatest capacity to contribute as I see it right now. That's just the way I see it. But overall, I see it as I think they got a guy who's a really strong potential to be a number one. And beyond that, I don't see much food on the shelf, even though the shelf is full. And if I look at and was to pick out one of the cans, I think I would look at the transfer cans first before I look at the recruited talent right now. And that could change in a month or six weeks or, you know, after a game or two, I could be wrong and it could change. But right now, the way I see it, it is the cupboard that has the most in it, that is the most empty, and is, to me, the biggest variable for Penn State season going one direction or the other, particularly, obviously, because the offense is a little bit behind in terms of the defense on a balanced scale. Andy, I love your analogy about going into the pantry 
I understand with your parents. I got the same problem here. I open up uh, the pantry. There's all kinds of stuff, and I'm not sure if there's anything that I want. I put it down to this with the wide receiver position. The two questions, will someone step up and be a number one? Not sure. Will someone else step up that we're not aware of yet in that second tier? Will someone step up to become a first-tier player? Andy, wide receiver, though, is a position we talk about a lot. They haven't proven themselves yet. On the defensive side of the ball, I'll, I'll throw out a defensive tackle. A lot of similarities to wide receiver. A lot of cans on the shelf. I'm just not sure there's uh, that number one item that you want for dinner. Yeah, no, I don't expect uh, a defensive tackle to emerge in any way, shape, or form as the guy. Uh, you just don't don't. I don't think you should even start looking for it because it's not. It's just not going to happen. I am convicted, and I am strongly convicted that the lack of the guy will be a strength of this interior defensive line. That lack of a stud, that focus guy, for this group, for this particular group, and this, you know, these four guys, and I, I put the four guys together, I think the sum of their lot of guys, as we like to put it, you know, it's a lot of guys. It is going to be sneaky strong. I like the interior defensive linemen. I think they are a sneaky variable to this defense becoming strong possibly stupid good and I don't think the emergence of a guy or one of them and and the lack of a stud in the middle is a problem I just don't see it that way and I think the sum of the lot of guys far outweighs the lack of a one guy I really honestly do and that that's not normal in terms of how you would look at a defensive line, especially on the interior football wise, you want a leader, you want to stand out, you want one and you were right. But for this one, no. All right, Andy, what else do you have on your list though? So the kickers and punters, dude, um, you don't talk about special teams very much as fans. They're right after the wide receivers. They're like one A and one B for me as problems you just don't talk about them special teams as a fan until they're not special right so we need to be talking about kickers and punters all this offseason jimmy because the kicking and punting game is weak and i would call it borderline poor at best right now and i'm not talking about the special teamers and you know the long snapper and holder i'm talking about the actual kicking game punting has been a weapon for like five or six years at penn state with Blake Gillikin and Jordan Stout, and even Barney last year was really good. But if you look at Gillikin and Stout, they're both starting NFL punters. Think about it. That's like having two quarterbacks in succession who not only get drafted, but are starting NFL quarterbacks. That's how good they've been at that position. And so it is a major, major variable for me for this team. They have very high expectations overall for this team. They have superstars. You talked about they have great talent. I We both agree they have superstars on both sides of the ball. But if your kicking, kicking game stinks, you've got a boat anchor right there for Jimmy. And I am very concerned on a variable of going the opposite direction of good. In other words, 
being poor or bad, that this could possibly be a boat anchor for this team. And if it isn't, that would be a very, very helpful variant for Penn State. All right. I, I agree, Andy. It, it is a variable. They're uh, replacing both the kicker and the punter. It's going to be very interesting to see. Now, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to go off the board, Andy, not in my notes that I sent you, totally off the board. When you're playing, there's someone on the other side of the ball, okay? Correct. Now, Michigan and Ohio State, I'm going to name them as a variable for Penn State. Ohio State has been the king of the hill in the Big Ten for many years. Michigan has climbed that hill the last two years. Are those two teams still elite college playoff teams, or has one of them come back to the pack? You know, the variable is you put Penn State in the Big 12, you put them in the ACC, I think they're the favorite. In the Big 10, they're number three in the pecking order. I'm going to throw Michigan and Ohio State out there as a variable for this team. They are. Those two teams are 100% a barrel, especially because Michigan has elevated itself to, you know, from a possibly a 3A and 3B uh, with a 2A and 2B with Penn State to a clear-cut one or two, right? They're clearly identifiable as elite and clearly ahead of Penn State on the measurable level. So Penn State is clearly third. Michigan and Ohio State, are, are they're 100% variables. And their matchup variables is interesting because Penn State mat- matches up better against Ohio State than they do against Michigan, and they can't beat Ohio State. And they've beat Michigan a couple times. So, you know, that's this might be the year where that changes because on the matchup scale, Penn State is better equipped to match up against both of these teams better than at any point during the James Franklin tenure. Across the ball, both sides more evenly matched. You know, not position by position. I'm talking overall team strength, NFL talent, superstars, et cetera, et cetera. They are at that level but you got to win the games to get there. So that is a huge variable. You know, is it 10 and two or is it 11 and one? Can they hold serve and not lose a game? They shouldn't. That's also a factor, but uh, those two teams are 100% a variable, Jimmy. You're, you're dead on with that one. We've got one minute left. You got another one or do you want me to give you one more? No, I think it's one you, I think it's one you like and it, is the you said is the offensive line a variable because it doesn't need to be where it it, it needs to be to be, to not be a variable and they are not there in terms of getting together and everybody pulling on the same rope. In fact, I don't think they're even close to where they need to be. But it's a meek and mild concern for me. It's very very mild. But also, there's a good reason for it. And injuries, Olu and Tengwall. The left side of the O-line missed a lot of games last year with injuries. They're coming back slow and steady, and that's the best way to do it. They have talent, they have depth, they have experience, and they have a little bit of moxie that is buoyed by those two stud running backs. So for me, Hunter Norris out of center is the linchpin, and I think they are going to be fine. I, I do too, Andy, and I think it's interesting that it took us to this point to bring up the offensive line. That's an improvement over the last several years. Stick around quarter three. We got your questions. We're going to ask Andy.
Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Andy. I'm Jim. It's quarter three. That means it's time to ask Andy. We take your questions. You want to submit your question? Download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button. At the end of the segment, Andy will pick out a best question, and whoever sent us that best question, they will win the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com. The great barbecue sauces, barbecue rubs, including their great coffee barbecue rubs. Andy, are you ready? I am. Okay, rapid fire because we got a lot of them to get to. Let's start with Ryan in Reynoldsville. He says, Andy, let's assume in order to win the Big Ten, make the playoffs, we probably have to go 11-1 and one next year to accomplish that. Which team would be more important to beat, Ohio State or Michigan? Does it even matter as long as we split and then win the rest? Hopefully Jim will be merciful and not throw me into the loser bin. I should get extra points for braving a question after his taunting last week. Last week I said when Andy gave us the winner, I said everybody else was a loser. I know. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. I'm I, sorry, I Ryan. I was like, oh, Jimmy, you messed up. Uh, Point to you, Ryan, for sending in your question and everybody else who did, and I will not taunt you, I promise. So, Andy, more important to beat Michigan or Ohio State, or does it matter? Good question. No, I think it does matter. And right now I think it's more important to beat Michigan. I really do. I think it's. 
I think there's more. Yeah, it's Michigan for me. I mean, Ohio State's a road game, uh, right? Correct. Michigan's a home game. Right. Um, yeah, I, and I think by the time they play each other, there'll be a lot more clarity as, as to what's going on. Michigan and Ohio State will have obviously not played each other yet because that doesn't happen till uh, till the last weekend of the season. So I, I think in order to stay in that conversation as long as Penn State's gotten them there, they have to beat Michigan. So it's Michigan for me. That's a good question because it, it, the easy answer is Ohio State, right? Because they never beat Ohio State. But for the way the schedule set up and on a one-year basis, right, I think it's more important to beat Michigan. I think I'll just take a, a win against either one of them because you just <laughs> don't know how it's going to fall with that last game between Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, let's go to uh, – okay. Oh, let's go to Matt in Acton, Massachusetts. Hey, Jim and Andy, let's have fun, some fun with this one. What was the best trick play either one of you have seen? It was the Boise State extra two-point against the Bob Stooges Oklahoma team to win that bowl game. You were, with the uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it was sort of like a hidden Statue of Liberty that was like ridiculously perfectly executed and Oklahoma never saw it coming. That one just grabs me as like, wow, it was so well done. And considering what was at stake for Boise State, but I'll tell you what, Andy, because I I did some checking ahead of time. I looked it up, wanted to remember the details of it. But what gets forgotten in that game at the end of regulation to tie up the game, Boise State, it wasn't a hook and ladder. It was like a crossing pattern right? where the receiver then – Tossed it to another player who scored with 18 seconds left to go. They went 50 yards. Honorable mention to the Nebraska with the fumble Ruski. Yeah, uh, that one I remember too. Yeah. And for the youngsters who may not remember, what that is is on the snap, the quarterback essentially sets the ball on the ground. Once it's on the ground, it's considered a fumble, and a an offensive ball. lineman could pick the ball up and And Nebraska over the years, they did that more than one time. So um, I I like that quite a bit. Let's go to Daniel and bell Vernon. Uh, Daniel says with regard to the blue chip ratio segment that you guys did, what do you think Penn State's ceiling is for achievement? I believe it's 80%. What factors would you say, could enable Penn State to do better or prevent them from hitting this mark. Real quick review with the blue chip ratio. What that is is the percentage of four and five star recruits that you have on your roster. Penn State was ranked 13th in that group. So they had over 50%, but I think it was like 54 or 55%. It was 55 you, At the high end, Nebraska was at 90%. I think Alabama. Ohio State Alabama. and Georgia – I'm sorry, Alabama was at 90%. Ohio State, Georgia were close behind. So 80% is a high target, Andy. Do you think yeah, Penn State could ever hit it? I think 80% is an unrealistic target, Daniel. Um, I think 70% is a high watermark. I think 80% is like the Dreamweaver one. Um, because the pool – isn't that deep that you're going from. So I think 55% is actually a decent number for Penn state, but I would think 70% would be a high watermark. Good question though. I like it. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And I'm with you though, Andy, 
eighty percent just it, it feels unrealistic. Yeah. Right now, those schools, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, they recruit differently than everybody else. Correct. They, you know, could open the door any recruit. You know, uh, Nick Saban. If Nick Saban says he wants to talk to you, you talk to him. Correct. And those are the three schools that could do that throughout the country. I'm not sure anyone else can. Penn State's doing more outside, but they're still essentially re- recruiting. Now, piggybacking on that whole blue chip ratio question, here's Stan from Nashville. And the Penn State's 2023 blue chip ratio is at 55%. Compare this to Alabama at 90% and Ohio State at 85%. Penn State ranks 13th on this list. There are eight teams above 70%. I've concluded that the only way Penn State can compete for the national title this year is to have an elite season from quarterback Drew Aller. Am I wrong to think that? No, because I think he, as we talked about in quarter number two, I'm not worried about him as a as a variable very much either way in terms of, you know, what if he struggles a little bit? I don't necessarily think that really hurts a whole lot. If he plays well, I don't necessarily think that helps a whole lot. If he plays out of his mind, fantastic, and becomes a NFL top 10 overall selection draft pick and only having one more year of eligibility left, like he has to be talked about that way. That is a, that is the variable that makes Penn state possibly elite and, you know, could possibly be 12 or no, or, you know, even in a great game one loss, because good teams lose games 11 and one team, but a must be in the playoff. He could do that. So the answer to my question is, yeah, he could, possibly do that i'm not sure i see that happening but it but it certainly could yeah he would be and andy i agree also and even in the context that stan presents the question in terms of the blue chip ratio when you've got ohio state and you get their blue chip ratio with statistics they probably have four or five guys on their roster as core at quarterback who are top 100, they're four or five-star guys. Guess what? Only one of them can be on the field at the same time. And if you're Penn State and you only have one quarterback that qualifies that way, but he's your one guy and you hit on that one guy, it kind of makes up for that difference in the ratio. The other thing I'll point out to before handing it over to you, Andy, is if, if Drew Aller could hit his ceiling, that's much different looking than having Sean Clifford or Trace McSorley hit their ceiling. Correct. Their their ceilings are different. And the one point I wanted to be, it would be in order for Penn State to be at that level in a lock scenario with Drew Aller being the quarterback would be like him being part of a conversation of, well, it's kind of a shame that he has to come back and play college for another year. That would be the level that I'm talking about, you know, sort of that Trevor Lawrence, like, oh, that's right. Trevor Lawrence has to play another year before he can come out and be an NFL draft pick. That is what Drew Aller would do, would have to do in order to put Penn State at 
his impact alone at that level would be the reason that uh, the Nittany Lions are at that sort of top two or three teams in the country. That's how I see it. And we've seen this happen before at other schools. You saw what Joe Burrow did for LSU. You want to go back further, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, um, Vince Young at Texas, where, you know, I don't want – they make those teams so much better that the Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, you can now compete with them. So good question, Stan, and and I'm with you. Uh, Jimmy in Forest City says, Dear Andy, Penn State's the only Big Ten team without an annual rivalry game, and Iowa gets three rivalry games. Do you think that's fair? Do you prefer no rivalry games? If you had to select one Penn State rival, who would it be? Oh, good question. I don't care that they don't have a rival. I th- I think I think I said off air to you. I think they got caught in the middle that they weren't going to. It didn't benefit Ohio State and Michigan for to have Penn State as a rival. And on the flip side, Maryland and Rutgers—they're already killing those poor two teams. It doesn't help them any to have Penn State as one of their rivals. It actually hurts them even more. So I think Penn State got caught in the middle. If I was to pick one team that I would like to see Penn State have as has as its rival, I like Michigan. I just do. I like Michigan and Penn State. I think that would be a good one. But I understand why it isn't. I'll tell you, I don't care at all that they don't have rivals. In essence, there's three teams that they'll play both years in this two-year cycle. That's the same as having a rival, Andy. And now this, maybe I'm just stuck on this, but I want USC as the rival. You know, Ohio State, a lot of people will say they're, you know, a state right next door, that kind of thing, a lot of great games. But Ohio State has Michigan. They will always think of Michigan as their rival and vice versa. USC, I know USC has UCLA, but UCLA is the little brother to USC. I think USC, Penn State can be great. Now, Andy, in the last couple seconds of the show, we don't have time for another question, but I just want to give a shout out to Joe from Elizabeth, PA. He sent in a question, and if you don't believe me, Andy, I'm holding it up to you, the screen. He he had 11 questions as part of his question. But I'll tell you what, Joe, he asked about essentially what next for the Big Ten and Southeast Conference as far as expansion, where do you go, and so on. Tell you what, Joe, instead of answering your question this week, how about next week we make that a whole segment? All right, Andy, that's it for quarter three. Quarter four, stick around. Andy's going to name a winner. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is our fourth and final quarter. He's Andy. I'm Jim. Before we get to our quarter four topic, Andy, we need a winner. Yeah, five good ones this week. Uh, I, I like the fact that people were asking questions about the blue chip ratio. That clearly was a good topic. Well done, Jimmy. Um, the question that made me pause and think the most, and that I had the most difficulty answering, I'm going to go with Ryan and Reynoldsville. You know, it was a really good question. It made me go, oh, do I want to answer with, with A or B? No, I want to say A and B, but I can't say A and B, so I got to pick one. So it was a good question. Because it made me think and ponder. And so, not because you gave Jimmy crap, but because you asked a really good question, Ryan in Reynoldsville. Andy, you just think there's bonus points because he was giving Jim a hard time. But, Ryan, we're not going to give you a hard time. We're not going to taunt you. We are going to call you winner this week, Ryan. And the rest of those bums are losers. But, Ryan, you're the winner. All right, Andy. I'll tell you what, first of all, I'm going to also name you a winner. You got through five questions this week, and that's unusual, and you gave five good answers also. Kudos to everybody. Good questions this week. And, Andy, I'm also going to be throwing out some more kudos, this time to Mike from Carlisle. And the reason why is Mike sent me a note asking us to do a segment with Bold Predictions. I said, Mike, I'm not sure we're ready to do that till we get closer to the season. But you know what? What the heck, Andy? Let's go. Let's it, do Mike. it. Let's get some bold predictions going. These are going to be our way too early bold predictions. And I'm going to open it up, Andy, to anything. It could be players on the field. It could be coaching staff. It could be college football itself. You are the king of bold predictions, my friend. I'm going to let you go first. Give me your biggest, boldest prediction for this coming season. So I know you have some too, Jimmy, and I look forward to reacting to yours because you shared yours with me. And I have reactions to them, Jimmy. So (laughs) let's get to yours, but I have three of them for you. Um, Mine are more... 30,000 foot level, but I, I kind of like them. So 
My first one is Penn State will have the top scoring defense in the country going into the Ohio State game on October 21st in 2023. Ooh, I like it. Now, of course, that leads it leads to the question. The day after they play Ohio State, will they still have the number one scoring defense? That's not that's not one of my predictions, Jimmy. My prediction was that they will have it going into that game. But if you look at their schedule and look at this defense and who they play before they play Ohio State, West Virginia got a little bit of firepower on offense. Hasn't seen a pen a defense like Penn State. Delaware, Illinois, not known for offensive prowess. Iowa, definitely not known for offensive prowess. Northwestern, kind of living on the struggle bus right now. And then UMass. What? Uh, which one of those teams' offenses is going to challenge Penn State's defense on an even second or third level? I just don't see it. That's why I feel solid in making a bold prediction that after those six games, going into Ohio State, which is game seven, Penn State will have the number one scoring defense in the country. I'm good with my prediction. That will be interesting to see. I think they'll be near the top. I, I would just have to look like, you know, you talk about the a little bit of cupcakes early in the season. I wonder what Georgia's early schedule looks like, who right. they'll be playing. They might be pitching a few shutouts there. All right, I Andy, agree. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one of mine. I'm going to give you the one that I think is my boldest. And I'm not sure how much conviction I have for it because it's bold, but I can see it happening, and I got a feeling you're going to react to it. And that is, my bold prediction is Trey Wallace becomes the number one receiver. And just real quickly, I just think he's got some of the physical tools that maybe the other guys don't have. And he and I know he had a couple of drops that make you question this. But I think that could be fixed, okay? I think that's the most easily fixed type of thing. Remember how we talked about Mike Gazicki very early in his career, how many drops he had also. I'm going with Trey Wallace as your number one wide receiver. Andy, Shea, react to that. Yeah, so my reaction is pretty simple, Jimmy. You make a good case. My response is next, please. That's your one. Come on, man. Really? Yeah. No. Well, I don't think it's one that anybody else is predicting. Yep. But Come I on, think man. there's some logic behind it, Andy. Okay. Yep. Keep reaching for the stars, Jimmy. Good one. That's just <laughs> that's right. the one that was like, uh, yeah, Jimmy. Come on, man. I knew, I knew you would have that reaction. That's why I went for that one. All right, Andy. Come on, your turn. What's next? I'm not, I, I'm not going to tell you which players. I'm just going to give you a number. Four players on Penn State's defense in 2023 will be first-team All-Big Ten selections. Four. At least four. Let's do that one. Four is my number. Four players you know on what? Penn State's defense will be first-team All-Big Ten. Andy, I said bold predictions. Because I'm going to tell you right Come on. Uh, come on. You Kaylin got Michigan Ohio State. There's... There's there's your darling teams. Come on, they're going to give two or three guys just out of cause first team all Big Ten out of that. They make Penn State earn these. The Big Ten make the Big Ten uh, across the board. The, they do the media and the 
conference one, they make Penn State earn these. I'm just going to say that. I don't think there's four players that are not going to leave people much choice. That's where I'm going to go. Kalen King, Abdul Carter, I think are out there. And then you've got um, Denai Dennis Sutton, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Curtis Jacobs. There's four guys that are potential. So I, I think I think there's a very good chance of that happening, Andy. So I, <laughs> that's three, me trying to take the wind ball. out of your so, but what if they, if you get three of them, Jimmy, and they have a great season, but they only end up three, I'm wrong. I think four is a very high number. I really do. I agree with you. I don't think it's a high number because we know what we're looking at and talking about, but I don't think the Big Ten is keen on, you know, and I'm saying just on defense. So I think it's bold. Okay, I'll, I'll let you have that, Andy. Here's, here's my next one. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State will split their games with each other, meaning each one will end up with one loss. So we have all three teams finishing 11-1. and one. Two of them make the college football playoffs. One does not. Who do you think that team will be that would miss the playoffs? So let's start with Michigan beating Ohio State because that's what's good. That's, that's where the expectation right now because – they can't beat Harbaugh right now. Penn State beat Michigan, so that means Ohio State beats Penn State. Each of them have one loss. So that means Penn State wouldn't go to the Final Four, right? That's the answer. I mean, that's is that the answer you're looking for? Because I think that's the answer. Even if they split, I, I, I think they leave – They would. it's easiest for them to leave Penn State on the outside looking in rather than Michigan and Ohio State right now. That's and- just – I think, unfortunately, it, it you know it stinks. But if you're going to say that there's three one-loss teams and they all beat each other under that scenario, yeah, they're going to, unfortunately, they're going to leave Penn State out. And I could argue that Penn State might even, if that scenario plays out and the way that, that you would be, you, we could also be here saying, Penn State's the best team of the three. More complete. And they still might be left out. That's not unrealistic, Jimmy. And I think it, if it does happen, three teams, Big Ten, one loss, someone will be left out. All right, Andy, your turn. Last one. This is my last one that I have for you, Jimmy. Then it's all you. Penn State's offense will average 30 points a game. I'm trying to think. How how, how many points did they average last year, Andy? Experienced quarterback. Yes, how, but how many points did they average last they year? Averaged, no? They averaged just right around 30 points a game. They were stronger later than sooner, remember? Towards the end, they were averaging like 30-some points a game, 32 or 33, something like that, like over the last five games going into the bowl game. I'm saying they got really close to 30 last year. I didn't look up the number. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying new quarterback, you know, offensive line's got to gel, ton of questions at wide receiver. They don't have a stud identifiable tight end. I'm still saying Penn State's offense is going to average 30 points a game. I have more confidence in them than you do. Uh, if I had to bet with 30 points as the over under Andy, I would bet the over as far well, as I average think 30 points. is a stretch, Jimmy. I really do. Wow. Okay. That, we can have that difference. I'm good with that. I think it's a stretch. I really do. I think if they average 24 to 26 a game, that's pretty darn good. And I think 
they can win a lot of games with that with their defense. I think 30 is a high water number. Okay, Andy, my turn. I'm going to give you a combo one. I'm going to give you two guys, one on offense, one on defense, who's going to surprise us and step up. I'm going to say Vega Ioane takes over as the starter at right guard, and K.J. Winston becomes a star on defense. So I'm going to start with the first one and on offense, and that is bold. It's not based in reality, unfortunately, Jimmy, but I like it. I, I like your bold prediction of him taking over at right guard, and and I like it also because I still think Sal Wormley is the best, most consistent offensive lineman that is sort of talked about the least and regarded the least. That he just he's not spectacular, but he hardly does anything wrong. So he's sort of like you know the least love of your family that you, you don't really dislike him, but he doesn't give you a ton of reason to like him, but you just kind of don't know where you stand with him. I like him a lot because of that. So I don't think that one's based necessarily in reality. KJ Winston, you love your shiny new toys and you do maybe as much as you like a bone, but there are lots of dudes with serious talent and experience looking for those snaps. I see him, I could see him playing a role for this uber-talented defense. Very impactful player. That would be for me at the Abdul Carter level. So in my book, I don't see I see that as a no way. But I could see him as a contributing first-year player. I don't see him as an impact player. But I like it. I'm not going to say I don't. All right. Well, I was I was reaching for bowl, Bandy. That is it, unfortunately, because I I have a lot of fun with these bold predictions, Andy. It went way too fast, but that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. 
you get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.